0: You are listening and watching to The Heidi show Podcast. It's a place where you're going to hear from female leaders, creators, and innovators. I'm Heidi. And if you're wondering... What is this all about if this is your first time listening? Well, I was an on-air radio talent for years, and now I am full-time doing voiceover as well as acting, and my husband and I are small business owners. We own Atlanta VoiceOver Studio training and recording facility. So the reason why I started the podcast is because, first of all, I like a lot of different things. I like interior design and food and fitness and health and business and inspiration And I love learning about all of those things. And so I thought, hey, maybe you like that as well. So I decided to start interviewing other female leaders and creators and innovators in all those areas so that we could learn together and feel supported and not alone, especially with the business stuff. Man, you can feel really alone in that. Well, today's guest is, uh, she's wonderful. Her name is La Winters and her and her twin sister, Linda, were... The Double Mint Twins. If you remember those commercials, the Double Mint Gum commercials with the twins, their commercials were the longest running in the Double Mint history (laughs) from 1985 to 1995. In fact, after she left, my husband was like, oh, yeah definitely had a crush on them for sure. (laughs) So um, she's going to, LA is going to tell us the story of how they even became the double mint twins. um, How that all worked out was really, really fascinating. They actually weren't intending to, to act, but it's a really cool story. And then she tells another story that's a little bit more sad and it, deals with her and her sister, Linda, kind of having a falling out of some sorts, definitely some separation and tension in that relationship and what they did to heal and what they did to get over it. In fact, they talk a little bit more about that story in a segment that Oprah did called Oprah's Where Are They Now? And I linked that that video in the show notes. So if you want to go hear more about the story, you can just click and look down at the show notes. We talk about comparison because of course as a twin everybody's comparing you, right? And so I think some of those principles that we talk about are really going to help and encourage you if you've ever compared yourself. But I know I sure have and I learned a lot from L.A. and I think you will too. Her story's cool. I really think you're going to laugh. You're going to learn a lot. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. So let's talk to L.A. So, Lisa, now I said L.A. Winters in the introduction, but that was because in this world of social media and website and stuff, there were a lot of Lisas out there, and so you just made it a little bit simpler with L.A. Winters. So, if I call Lisa, Lisa... Just know I am talking to the same person that I mentioned in the intro. <laughs> yes,
1: those are my initials. Stands for Lisa Ann. I
0: love it. Oh, it's such a great Southern name to
1: Lisa Ann. Exactly. Yes. It's perfect. <laughs> I wish I had gone with that.
0: <laughs> so, Lisa, talk to me about the days before the Double Mint Twins commercial. So, were you in acting or were you pursuing that at that time? Well,
1: it, uh, the brief history is that Linda and I, my identical twin, Started as dancers. We were doing community theater, fell in love with dance, started studying it seriously. We were taking the train downtown to Chicago. We lived both lived in Chicago at the time, after school and high school, a number of days a week, and um, became very serious dancers. Met some models while we were dancing. In fact, one of our teachers in the suburbs was doing some choreographed runway shows and asked wow. us to do that. So we were modeling then while we were dancing. Okay. And that was around age 16, 17. And then we danced professionally at, the, at uh, Great America, Six Flags, for a summer. Oh, my so gosh, that's we so So we were fun. passionate about dancing. <laughs> it was fun. And then by happenstance, some of the regular models said, you should consider this. We had never considered it. So long story short, we went downtown Chicago, saw some agents, and one of the agents said, I think you can model – but you should do it separately, not as twins. There aren't any jobs for twins. Hmm. And we had never considered that. Our maiden name was Yoko Benis.
0: So ah, that's where the
1: first name change came. Okay. She went with Ryan. I went with Winters, Winters. Linda Ryan, Lisa Winters. Went with separate agencies. Started separate modeling careers around our senior year in high school. And then started doing some commercial auditions through the agencies as well. Hmm. And inevitably, we would end up, our hair was different. We cut our hair differently. Um, and used different last names, different agents. Inevitably, many times it would come down to the two of us, or casting directors would be seeing us for a commercial, and at the end of the day, it'd be like, everyone started to look alike. Because we didn't tell people that we were right. identical twins in the same industry, in the same city. Oh my so gosh, we were that's competing crazy. against each other. Yeah. And um, it was it was fairly even. We would both book jobs. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so then I moved to Atlanta. During that time, I happened to get an audition for Flashdance, for the lead wow. in Flashdance, because I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. And I made it through um, to some of the people they were considering through the dance audition, mm-hmm. got my first set of copy as an actress with a casting director. And wow. this is why I started acting, because mm-hmm. I, I, it was my first audition. And when I kind of ended the audition, I looked at the casting director. She had tears in her eyes. And I was like, I have to do this. I, hmm. The idea that I had moved someone with story resonated so deeply within me that I literally that week went and started studying at Victory Gardens Theater, continued to study, um, we moved down to Atlanta, Alliance Theater, studied, had an opportunity to go to New York, studied. So hmm. all of that was happening. I was, had a passion for and was developing my craft yeah. during that time. Yeah. Meanwhile, Linda and I had, were now separate. In two different industries, so I was modeling down here in Atlanta. She was modeling in Chicago. We missed each other. So her husband, being a top fashion photographer in Chicago, did headshots. And she said, "Why don't we cut our hair alike now that we're in separate cities and do some headshots and see if we might get some work together?" Oh, that's it, so fun! It was yeah. it was amazing timing. It sure. was really a divine set of circumstances Mm. because what we didn't know is that Doublemint had just started a nationwide tour for new twins. So we didn't even have the, uh, at that time it was like proofs, Mm -hmm. and then you had to get them blown up. Yeah. We didn't even have any headshots blown up. So she took the, the contact sheets basically with her to the audition and went by herself. I couldn't afford to fly up there just for an audition. Yeah. So she went, did well enough that they narrowed it down to nine sets of twins and flew me up for the callbacks wow so they were doing a nationwide search and um we just had come to a place where we just said you know god if you can use this for anything go you know we would love to be together but whatever yeah went in did our best didn't hear anything for over a month and on a commercial audition like that you know sure you're like there's no way yeah Yeah. exactly got the phone call her agent called her and Again, long story short, they booked us for the first commercial. We ended up doing six commercials over a three-year period. And the the one that people recognize the most, the pool spot, mm. with the hats blow off, played for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So it enabled us, when we would go shoot these commercials at great locations, to have time together as sisters mm-hmm. as well. It, it was a very, very special time mm. and also afforded, Uh, my acting career in New York, I was commuting for two and a half years. So um, there were a lot of amazing things that came out.
0: Yeah. A lot of times in the acting community, when somebody books something that then you're recognized Mm -hmm. uh, nationally, people automatically think, oh, that, I mean, after that, it's like things just (laughs) must, uh, the floodgates must open (laughs) up for you. (laughs) And you know, that is the start of a beautiful career. Yeah. What did happen in reality from that?
1: It's interesting because a lot of potential opportunities did come. We had incredible exposure at the time. I was literally being recognized by myself in Atlanta during those days. Um, There's a saying in the industry that work begets work. And it's true, but it doesn't always mean that it's the same kind of work or that it's on a higher level. So, you know, twin things are pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like there was an immediate opportunity for us to go on and yeah. do more. We did do some work for um, the American Cancer Society on their Celebrities Against Cancer Board. We traveled and we mm-hmm. got to speak. And, and that was an amazing opportunity that came directly out of Doublemint. Mm-hmm. It did help um, us individually, the exposure with more commercial work, but it did not translate in, into acting mm-hmm. because it's, it was commercialized at the same time thing. I was trying to develop, you know, my serious acting mm-hmm. career. So there was a little bit of a push and pull there yeah. cause as, as just myself instead of the twins. Yeah. Yeah. Did that, did that cause any frustration for you
0: in your act? I mean, cause that's really what you, you wanted to tell stories, which commercials do in some way, but it's kind of a, a different way. It for is. Sure. It's, it's
1: a whole different way. I can't say that it caused conflict because at the time, it, the, the money coming in from the commercials... Mm-hmm. And the exposure, uh, I was doing a play down here in Atlanta, but more at a community theater level, barefoot from yeah. the park. And some, the lead in New York, who was friends of the director here, was, was doing a production of it off-off-Broadway at the ATA Theater. Their lead got sick. I had just done it, and I, they flew me up there for it. Wow. As a result, because I had some recognition, and I was doing this little tiny you know, theater, some New York agents came. And that oh. interest, they they wanted me to move up there. And I did. I commuted for two and a half years early in my marriage, wow. studied acting, auditioned, booked, booked a few things um, commercially, industrially, and was starting to, to book with uh, William Morris theatrically when a tension developed within me hmm. that I didn't want to raise kids in Manhattan. Hmm. And it was being... Becoming very consuming and it was stressing my marriage. Of course, Mm. Uh, my husband is amazing, but for two and a half years I was commuting and mainly living in Manhattan. So I left the industry after a lot of prayer and consideration, right when things were starting to happen. But I don't have any regrets because I don't think I would still be married or have kids. To tell you the truth, sure, sure. For me, I I really couldn't do it all. Yeah. So anyway, that is the the uh, the uh, shorter version of how I ended in what I call my. Up in my nesting years, so I kind of left the business commercially yeah. acting for over seventeen years mm-hmm. and raised my kids. Yeah, that's great though, so, Lisa. That's oh, awesome. No regrets. It's it's the reason I'm doing what I am now.
0: Let's talk about sisters yes. because um, I have a sister. We're nineteen months apart, so not twins, but pretty. Cl- I mean, yeah, very close a very and very it, similar dynamic. Yes, and we're the first two of the family. There's four of us, and I remember growing up that people would always say, and this led me to counseling, you know, for years, but people would always say, oh, Meg, she's the pretty one, you know. Wow. And... We just were constantly being compared. I have naturally curly hair. She has completely straight hair. We just are totally two different people. She looks like my mom. I look like my dad. Very different. And that has always been a hard thing for me to even get over for years of that comparison. I can only imagine that it's 100 times more with a twin in the same industry. (laughs) In an industry that focuses on looks. Yes. (laughs) How did that impact your relationship with Linda?
1: It did a lot. Thank you for being so vulnerable about that and just saying that you know you went to counseling and it it does. I mean, there's no way around it. We live in a culture where um, beauty is a commodity, Mm -hmm. you know, and it gives you power that you didn't ask for, and it and it can give you also again a sense of identity and value that on things it should not be based on. So and then being like you said in an industry that directly correlates with that was hard because we separated our careers. So we were, um, yes, being compared a lot. It, you know, it impacted both of us individually and in some of the same ways and in different ways. So the same thing was that people, especially with identical twins, and I don't, and I'm thinking, I don't know if it was actually worse for you because you were so different. (laughs) Right. Or us, I don't know, but it's not good either way when comparison enters in. People have a natural desire, especially with identical twins, to find the difference because it's a little ungrounding to look at two people who genetically are the same. And it's like, what makes you different? And how can I know who you are? So first of all, I was dealing with a sense of, am I even special? Because there's two of me. And I I wasn't able to articulate that early. Thankfully, I was. Just on that level, let me say that coming into a faith, I realized that These outer bodies are temporary, and they are vessels, but they hold what I believe is to be a uniquely created, God-given individual spirit Mm -hmm. and identity. So, I feel like identical twins are kind of that object lesson. On the same DNA wise, we are exactly the same. We are one one embryo that's split. I realize that my spirit is who I am, mm-hmm. and I. it is uniquely created, and I, it is different from my sisters. So some of our purposes will intersect in life, and some of them will not, you know. So it's a dance. So on the exterior, though, even being identical, we are different, you know. Um, I may sound strange, I tend to favor, as they say in the South, <laughs> <laughs> my father. Mm-hmm. You know, the differences lean towards his DNA, and the differences in Linda's appearance lean a little bit towards my mom so the shape of our eyes the shape of our face but when someone would try to point out the differences they would say oh you know your face is more rounder and so then that's internalized by the twin that that was said to oh i'm fat i'm fatter or this is more that or that. And they're only looking for differences. Although I will say some people don't even think twice, as I'm yeah. sure you realize mm-hmm. about saying, Oh, you're the pretty one. Yep. Yeah. And and they'll identify things like that. Or you're the thinner cool. one, or you're the this or that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then your identity starts to be built on a negative idea. You know, mm-hmm. we tend to do that. We internalize the negative because, you know, growing up, there's so much insecurity around um if we measure up mm-hmm. in our in our in our beauty and our looks and all that, so yes it it played a part um it didn't really manifest as you would think during the modeling days. I think we were both just so excited about our lives and what we were doing and all that, but it did ma- and thankfully, we never wanted to date the same person or yeah, oh my goodness, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that. <laughs>
0: Would have been like, I know. I think oh. that anybody that's not a twin immediately thinks about that and how fun that would be to switch <laughs> it up or to yes. jo- like to joke with someone. And, but you guys never did that.
1: Well, we didn't for okay. two two reasons. Well, we tried in kindergarten, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of put a, the gabosh on the whole thing uh, because we're mirror twins. I'm left handed, and she's right handed. Oh, so uh, that's a whole other thing. But we're, we were learning to write, and so our 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 kindergarten teacher, Miss Precise could tell we switched seats who was who because because left-handedness we didn't uh, too young to think about that right so we were kind of embarrassed because she made a big deal about it <laughs> and we were kind of shy even though we were in industry growing up accidentally though once um each of us had an accident with our boyfriends <laughs> i'll just I'll just say real quick yeah i was dating the same guy in high school for like you know my my senior year through the two years after that or whatever for, so for three years. And, uh, so he had come back from college and we were going to go, um, out with a friend of his he had brought. So the four of us would go, Linda and I, mm-hmm. and Chaz, who I've been dating for quite some time. And, uh, he brought a friend and, uh, and he was walking to the door and we were going somewhere fancy. She had on the prom dress that I wore with him, senior prom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm coming down the stairs behind her. She opens the door. He leans in to give her a kiss. <gasps> <laughs> And, and just as he's leaning in, I'm on the stairs. I'm like, Chaz, you know, it's like two years <laughs> of the relationship. And he looks up and just went pale, you know, because oh he had never, he ever so confused sure. us before. Yeah. And the only thing that is still extremely identical about us is our voices. So, mm-hmm. So our husbands who have never had a hard time Visually mm-hmm. telling the difference do have a hard time sometimes on the phone. That's so interesting Yeah,
0: there was something that happened though and you and linda's relationship kind of after yeah. the industry. What what happened?
1: You know, it, it's um, i'll just tell you I feel a little trepidatious about speaking for her sure. But she did speak so openly on the mm-hmm. would you listen to the uh, oprah's? Where are they they now and it's the first time she really opened up about it mm-hmm. and that was only A year and a half two years ago mm-hmm. There was a long period of time where she just went through a um, form of insecurity that caused like a jealousy and she had a hard time, <clears throat> sorry, I get emotional, okay. Um, connecting with me and being around me and for, it caused a great deal of pain and distance. She hated it. Mm. She couldn't control it. Yeah. At the same time she was dealing with some anxiety. I mean like extreme debilitating mm-hmm. a- anxiety. And um and so I, I I that's actually what brought us kind of back together when it when her anxiety became so difficult. She had moved to Atlanta from Chicago. We had been apart for a long time. And I was able to um, connect with her that way and just be there for her. And it helped her to kind of retrospectively look at how much separation she had al- allowed to happen. Part of it was because I was, I, at that time I had re-entered the industry and I was following that passion. She had produced a, a, a album. She had done some things on her own that were amazing, but she hadn't really stayed in the industry. So I think that was... We had always kind of, even though we were doing it separately, we all also did it together. Dolement brought us together. And so I think it brought about just a lot of feelings that she wasn't ready for um, insecurities. Um, and and if you've if you know someone or if you've ever been through any kind of uh, clinical anxiety or depression, it can rock your identity. And she has become very vulnerable about saying how it made her feel weak. And she's an amazing. I mean, mm. I've watched her fight through it and she's fine now, but it, it, it made her feel so weak that it was, it was hard. That also made it hard for her to be. She needed me. Sure. But at the same time, she didn't want to need me. Yes. Yes. It was through um, a lot of prayer, a lot of unconditional love that she had for me. And I had for her, and We would have very difficult conversations when we would identify what each, uh, what, what, you know, the anger, it brought up a lot of anger in me because, mm. you know, when you're the person on that end, and you really didn't do anything. Right. Um, the kind of injustice of it yeah, can get in the way and it hardened me. Sure. So it made it hard for forgiveness to happen because every time I felt like we were reaching somewhere and if it kind of reared its ugly head again, I, I felt snake bit. I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, there was nothing I could do to control it. We had to talk through all of that. And that's not easy. It's not easy, yeah. No. But thankfully, both, I mean, the love, the foundation of unconditional love, faith, to know that, you know, in and of ourselves we're not enough, but that that God is strong where we're weak, and that's a beautiful thing. And when we can allow that to happen, then real healing can happen in a relationship, but also individually. We both had to allow sure. that healing yeah. to happen. So it's... It's not an easy thing. Yeah. How did you? I'm. I know you're interviewing me, but <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. This is turning the tables. <laughs> I'm just curious that because you you that's what you connected with, yeah. and you had a similar experience. How did how did, did you exp- mm. have the same thing where you just had to talk through it? And I did, and I
0: thankfully there wasn't any like major. Um, period of time where my sister and I, you know, weren't talking to each other or anything like that, but I, there were, there were moments I probably identified a little bit more with Linda, you know, if I'm being totally honest and vulnerable of feeling this frustration of like, I'll never be pretty enough, you know, for that attention or skinny enough to, gosh, it was a matter (laughs) of, yeah, weight. It was through a lot of counseling Mm -hmm. and, but like you said, I think that what's so important is, is that individual work yes. and on both sides. And I had to do that work to heal inside. There was nothing that my sister Meg could ever say to me. You know, she loves me so much, and that is so important. Yes, But there's nothing that she could say to me to just make it all better. It it had to come from within. I had to believe that all those things that were said growing up do not put the ultimate value on me and my life and even going forward. So that was a big part of it was just that individual work. And we're so close and, and just have a beautiful relationship right now. But yeah,
1: it took years
0: and really a lot of counseling on my part and work on Linda my heart. Linda went
1: through through counseling and she fought so hard and she would even identify when she didn't like the feelings and that mm-hmm. was helpful. And I think um, it was so important that neither of us, it would have been easier for either of us to kind of close the door mm-hmm. and to say, you know what, this hurts too much. We were hurting from different spaces, but there, I was tempted to just close the door mm-hmm. for good, you yeah. know, kind of to my heart and just kind of play at the relationship play the role mm-hmm. of the twin you know sister but we loved each other too much and we couldn't stand that distance mm-hmm. so I think that's that's I would say keeping your heart open as hard as it is and working through the pain instead of away from it mm-hmm. um, I think we're closer now and and I, I because when you do go through even like in a marriage when you go through something like that in any relationship you can come out stronger mm-hmm. on the other side if you move through what's Causing the, yeah. the, the distance. Yes,
0: there's something beautiful about relationship resilience mm-hmm. that allows you to love even bigger yes. after you go through that, and not just your sibling or your spouse, but anybody yeah. that you come in contact with. And it's, it's a, a great really way of putting it. It's just a beautiful, resilience. beautiful thing. Yeah. One of the things that, and I'm going to be vulnerable again and share kind of my story on this, but one of the things that I found that I struggled with because of that relationship with my sister and being compared growing up was that other females that I would see, not just my sister, that I feel like, oh my gosh, they're way prettier or they're so much more accomplished. I automatically felt a little threatened, not Mm -hmm. threatened, maybe threatened's not the word, but that comparison of like, oh, well then she probably is way more valuable than I am because of X, Y, Z. Do you feel like that that is
1: that true among oh, sisters? Gosh. And it's then, not just true among sisters. I yes. felt like a total imposter coming here today. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's like, you know, that comparison of like seeing other people who are like really doing things, mm-hmm. you know, who really running a company or really, you know, acting more, whatever. Yeah. It makes me feel silly. Mm. Like I'm just kind of pie in the sky, you know. It's so there's always that. And, 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 and I, love encouraging i'm a natural mentor i'm a natural encourager but at the same time it, it can feel I, I feel so vulnerable at times like mm. you know i have no business being here or doing that because mm. look at so and so is really doing it you know and yeah. so comparison continually <laughs> plays a role and so it's it's all so what i have to do is go okay no i'm just following what i feel called to do and what i'm passionate about and if i let go or hold loosely to where it's going to go Instead of having these arbitrary that aren't real, um, what the world would say Mm -hmm. or what society, I should say, says is success. You know, if I can let go of that and hold loosely to that, then I'm fine. Then I stop the comparison. But it gets in there. Yes. It always does.
0: Yeah. I've started to as soon as those, because they creep in less and less Mm -hmm. as I heal more inside. Um, But when I do feel like those things are kind of creeping up, the first thing I start doing is just going, okay, Heidi, What gifts do you have? Like start focusing on those things instead of thinking what they have that you don't have. Yeah.
1: Affirming what you know to be true. Yes.
0: Yes. I mean, you, your, your mom, you have kids, you have these whole experiences that I will never have. You know, there's this deeper emotional feeling and understanding of life that I don't have and what a beautiful thing that is for you to contribute to your storytelling, you know? But we can do that all day long. And of course, we can look at everybody else and go, yeah, but look at you, look what you have, <laughs> look what you, the gifts that you're giving to the world. And yet we neglect to be reminded and grateful for what we have as well.
1: And I think, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking everything we're talking about kind of um, reflects back to when I tell stories, whether, whether I'm acting One of the hashtags, if you will, for social media that I use is I'm every woman. And that's not like an arrogant, like, I'm every woman. I do all these things. It comes from an idea as a storyteller, whether I'm writing or whether I'm acting or just in life. I believe as humans, not just women, regardless of the time period we were born into, the socioeconomic standing, um, gender, anything, as humans, we all have the same echoes of the heart. You know, a need for purpose, a need to be loved, a need to feel significance. And, you know, there's about five echoes of the, of the heart that I think are built into our humanity. And we all have capability and struggle with the darker sides of our humanity. And we experience the lighter sides, all to different degrees. But it's always there, and those, those factors are always at work. And so when I play a woman that is not like me, or I meet a woman that's not like me, I know that there's something that I can connect to and understand. And it's not greater or less than, it's not an evaluation thing, it's a point of connection. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that she feels the same kind of fears and needs that I have felt to some degree, and that she's had some experiences that are hard, and some that are, you know, so there's always a point of connection. It doesn't have to be a comparison. Mm -hmm. It can be a We're we're both human. We're in this Mm. together. And I don't know everything she's faced or struggles with. And she doesn't know what I face or struggle with. But I can guarantee you that we both struggle with some of the same things or have in our life. And that's where we can connect. I love that
0: perspective, Lisa. Connection, not comparison. I love that.
1: So let's talk a little
0: bit about what you are doing now because you do, there's, you said, I call them buckets. Yes. You know, (laughs) and I think everybody calls them different things. I think you were saying plates that you're holding up in the the air. Um, Because you do personal training and yoga, Uh right? And then acting, of course. And then you also created a thousand word pictures and have produced a lot of content, written content. And then right now you're working on producing your first full length
1: feature, correct? Well, I say that tentatively. Let me okay. just preface it with saying getting a film made, I'm learning, oh. is like winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. The odds are <laughs> against it. So I feel very pie in the sky. Sure. But the reason I started A Thousand Word Pictures is because for one, I I realized I love acting and I also love telling a story through pictures because visually we can say so much with so little what a character is wearing, the angle of the shot, how it tracks, what's in the picture, what's out of frame. All of that in a glance can say so much. It's so layered like life is. Mm -hmm. So I was drawn to how can I learn to tell stories from Writing and producing. Had a story that I wrote with some encouragement from a mentor. I've loved getting to know the film and uh, filmmaking and acting community here in Atlanta. It's rich, it's deep, it's wonderful. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities to learn. So I started volunteering behind the camera. So I wrote this script called Beautiful Goodbye. And I realized I really want to maintain creative control over this. Because it's not a, it's, you can't categorize it as a faith based story and you can't, it can't be categorized because I believe it's raw mm-hmm. and real. And I want to present characters that are complicated and layered, situations that are layered, but there's always hope. So I was, I'm, I'm frankly afraid to put it into somebody else's hands and just like sell the script or whatever. Right. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll get to produce this. And so I started a production company, uh, produced and, and wrote and did a short film kind of get to learn all yeah. that called parked and um but anyway so we'll see i'm it's in development let's say that okay. i'm producing it it's in development and i'm getting the script out there and i'm putting a package together and the next thing will be really how to find investors mm-hmm. and um that's the whole thing and distribution and all that but i'm uh, I, I i always say my passion takes me past my fear so i it becomes more uncomfortable for me to not do something <laughs> yeah then to go ahead and do it as crazy as it sounds I'm gonna make a film um why not try what have I got to lose kind of one of my mantras has been what do I have to lose but fear and pride because yeah it might be embarrassing if I fail sure but fear and pride are great things to lose yeah yeah (laughs) get rid of those for sure yeah Yeah. Uh because because I'll never know if I don't Yeah. so I yeah. am I'm
0: trying <laughs> and crazy as it sounds makes the best kind of stories doesn't it <laughs> yes. Yes, <true.
1: laughs> yeah yeah my life is full of them
0: <laughs> love that. Lisa, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I know I will be cheering you on um, going forward with with your movie and so much more. And thank you so much for sharing and being so open, too. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for making it easy. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you and connect with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah.